Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Pain Rebel Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin. And today we have a wonderful guest. This is actually um, something I'm going to try to do more of because uh, these are stories that aren't getting out. They're not being told too much when it comes to the narrative about pain. People are told there's nothing they can do. The only thing they can do is manage it. Um, they feel stuck. They feel trapped. They've tried lots of things and they're not working. Uh, and so it becomes very easy to think that nothing will ever work for you. And we're lucky in our region to have had some amazing transformative stories, people who have just done amazing things and come from places that uh, some deep, deep, deep struggles here. And so it is with great pleasure that I'm talking to Cindy Orr. And Cindy Orr runs the Lynn County Animal Rescue, which is a fantastic organization, nonprofit that works with abused horses um, and also dogs at the end of their life to provide them a great living environment where uh, they can finish out their golden years in a safe, comforting and quality environment. But that's not the only thing that she has done. Uh, Cindy has an amazing story of transformation and it is with great pre- pleasure that I introduce Cindy to this interview. Cindy, thank you for joining us on Straight Shot Health. Thank you. Um, would you like me just to start saying, telling my story and how I ended up here? <laughs> yeah, you know, give us, you know, well, I would start with your backstory, though. Tell us a little bit about your experiences before, you know, before you got to where you are now, because where you are now is definitely not where you started from. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I started with headaches um, is what started the whole ball rolling on the um, changing everything. I had headaches for like three months. They wouldn't go away. Um, they put me on medication, um, you know, sent me to have a CT scan, all that good stuff. Um, I mean, much of an explanation about that, that I might have MS, um, had all kinds of blood tests done. They sent me, um, then they told me I have um, lupus, but nobody gave me any idea what to do about any of what they were telling me was wrong with me. Um, Put me on some more meds, uh, sent me to a neurologist. Um, The good part is they said I didn't have MS, Um, but they said I would have to receive 30 plus shots in my face, um, head, neck, and shoulders every three months to try to um, get the pain to go down um, and put me on more medication. Of course, none of that worked. Um, So it just kept getting worse. Um, I started having severe stomach problems. Um, Couldn't keep any food down. Um, My liver was inflamed. Um, My kidneys were always, um, you know, had a kidney infection all the time. Um, So I went in for more tests, told again I had lupus, um, still not Nobody gives me an idea of what to do about it. I was also, um, you know, put on more meds for that, for my stomach problems, sent to a gastroenterologist, and had a bunch of tests done, found out that my um, stomach was inflamed um, and that uh, my uh, gallbladder was having problems, so things were slow. They uh, put me on more meds. Then... Um, They sent me to a nutritionist, put me on a special diet, um, very, very, very basic diet. It didn't work. I was still getting sicker and sicker um, and having more headaches and having more problems. Um, Nothing they seemed to give me worked either. Um, So I had it started having severe shoulder and back pain and leg pain. Um, So they sent me to an orthopedic doctor, had more shots there from her on top of the ones I was already getting. Uh, more meds, 
more x-rays, found I had some shoulder damage. Um, and I also went and seen a physical therapist. Um, it just made the pain worse. Told I was going to have to have surgery on my shoulder. And then they sent me to a rheumatologist at OHSU, was, was uh, tested. On top of the lupus, they said I had fibromyalgia. No explanation of what do we do to work on this. Um, having a real severe problem when I was up there. Um, my heart was bothering me. I couldn't hardly breathe. Um, they sent me in for an EKG right away and a chest X-ray, and my blood pressure was sky high. And I was already on two different blood pressure medications, so that shouldn't have been happening. That was whenever I decided enough was enough. You know. Um, yeah, can I interrupt you one second here, Cindy? And sure, uh, sure. over how, how long was that? Because it sounds, I mean, you you basically did what people would do, right? You started having headaches. You went and see the doctor. And then with the right. doctor, and that sort of pulled you down. And then you had more tests and more tests. Really no necessarily good answers other than here's things that we can do. Uh, and then yeah, that. Yeah, it took three years. Three, three years. Was, four. four. Four years. Okay. And I, I, I wanted yeah. to make sure that's clear for the for the listeners because. Um, I mean, obviously, there's a difference between that happening in a, in a month, um, but that's right. you know, there's a slippery slope that tends to occur sometimes when you go in and everybody has good intentions, and it it if it just seems to me hearing and I've heard you speak before about this that at some point it just became sort of trapped in this whole world. Yeah, yeah, and it was like my whole life revolved around going to doctors, going to get tests. Um, you know, that's all I had time for, um, for the, for a long time. Um, I didn't have time for anything else. And of course, by the time I was done with getting poked and prodded, I was, didn't, was sick. So I didn't feel good, mm -hmm. um, at all, you know, so, but it took, it was four years to go through all of this stuff. And, um, you know, whenever I decided that it was enough was enough because I wasn't getting any better. I was getting worse no matter what they were doing. And, so and, I decided. Yeah, and that, to that moment it. in time, that moment in time that that uh, that what? So this is always my interesting. The, the the point I'm I'm really interesting, and I think this is important for people to understand is, at some point, I mean, you were you were going through this, and you were having all this stuff done to you. We would call these kind of all this stuff, and it's not like you weren't participating. I mean, you were you were doing everything that you could do, but the expectation right. it sounds like was, well, we can do this to you, and um, so. What was that tipping point? When did it occur? And ultimately, what was the decision that you had with it? Um, the tipping point was I'm sitting there thinking about my animals, you know, uh, my dogs, the horses, every, everything I take care of. And I thought, if I die, who's going to take care of them? So I said, enough's enough. I'm going to change something. I'm going to take control of this because I have to. So I went home, and I had been taking the Acteon pain class already. So I was already starting to learn things and change the way I thought about stuff. So I went and looked up all my medications online, checked all the side effects um, and to see what was going on, and I was shocked, to say the least. Um, I was very surprised that I was given certain medications um, because they were just adding to the problem. I, you know, went through the side effects. They were in high blood pressure. 
you know, and then you give me more medication that causes high blood pressure. Didn't seem like it was a good idea to me. So, um, anxiety. I already had anxiety problems. They put me on anxiety, you know, medication that made anxiety worse. Depression was already on medication for depression, and they gave me medication that made the depression worse. Um, stomach problems, severe nerve pain, um, hearing and seeing things that weren't there, suicidal thoughts, heart and breathing problems, headaches, vomiting. All the symptoms I was having were all side effects of the medication. Or, or medications shocking. that you were given were causing just for side effects of one were causing side effects otherwise that they were this downward spiral of right. more medication. Now to, to clarify right. something, just because not everybody listening to this would be is familiar with. So Act Act Beyond Plain is a um, it's a program that comes out of Lynn County Health uh, here in the Willamette Valley, and so it sounds like um, that you you were in that program in in. Uh, at least it sounds like I almost planted a seed because I, you know, I kind of, I, I'm always trying to think about what about the people who don't know, who don't have certain resources. Right. If you hadn't yes, had that, definitely. That, okay. So if you hadn't had that, what do you think would have occurred? And, and, um, I think I probably would have struggled, um, for a while longer. Okay. You know, struggled with just trying to do what, you know, the doctors were suggesting. I don't think I would have took control like I did. Okay. Um, and what, you what? know, and I took other other classes, mental health classes, because I have a trauma history. Okay. Um, so, but the Axion Pain one gave me a lot of tools that helped me start changing things around. I'm so thankful for that class. So, in those in that class, then that kind of planted the seed. What do you what if if there was one kind of key or key component? And and I want to kind of pull this out just to save someone's listening to this and they may not have kind of access to those programs and things. What was that key, key moment that you said, Whoa, this is different than what I had been led to understand. And the, the little kind of seed that got you to start thinking differently. Thinking about pain differently. Okay. Was one big key and that there's never going to be a magic pill. You know, everybody wants the magic pill and that's not going to happen. So you, it taught me, I had to take control of my thoughts and my feelings and what I thought about pain and change it. Mm-hmm. And, that, and sh- that was a I'm huge sure, thing. I'm sure there's someone sitting out there that, what do you mean? I can't just think, you know, I've, I've tried to think differently about my pain and it, and it's still there. Um, what was different for you? I mean, it, cause I know I learned, of- uh, I learned new coping skills. Okay. So, um, and I learned to pace myself. Um, I learned to breathe. You know, and that sounds so simple, but it's so important because sometimes your brain just needs a minute to stop. And so if you concentrate on your breathing, it gives you that minute for your brain to stop, you know, and and helps you calm yourself back down and kind of ground yourself and, and figure out what's going on today. Because mm-hmm. I also found out there was a big connection between my trauma history and my pain mm-hmm. because my body was warning me about stuff and reacting to stuff that I wasn't aware that it did that until I started learning about this. So I had no idea that your feelings and your emotions were and your past were connected to pain in any way until now. I, I, I and I, I just, you know, I hear that because I think about as a, as a clinician, um, you know, back when, when I was doing some of the things I was doing and, and we talk about past trauma and we talk about, 
we, you know, kind of pay lip service to it, but it, it has such important effects on our body and it's often it's so underappreciated. Or I guess on the flip side of that, people get threatened by that thinking that, you know, I've come from, I have all this trauma and now you're trying to blame me for my pain. And, um, I don't get the impression that's what you're saying, though, is that recognizing that trauma no. affects on the body is not blaming yeah. ourselves. Right. No, it's not blaming. It's you're just your body's just trying to protect you. You know, it can only go off what you've experienced in life. So if you've experienced trauma and some things that are bad, you know, if your body thinks that you're in a situation that is reminding him, uh, reminding of it, of it of that, it's going to react to protect you. It's not trying to be mean to you it's trying to protect you and so me understanding that my body didn't hate me Mm -hmm. you know um that it actually was just trying to protect me made a huge difference because now i don't get upset when i feel something like that i go okay what you know and then i can work through it and then it's fine that's so you know i can i work through it now so, um, and I don't want to pull up, uh, I don't want to do anything that you're not comfortable talking about, but could you, are there, an, is there an example you could provide about something that may have occurred previously and, and before you had this understanding and then now and how that's changed for you? Yeah. A perfect example would be, um, breathing. So, um, I used to think I couldn't jog, um, cause I had, um, trauma where somebody tried to stop me from breathing, um, and when I was a kid, so that stuck with me. So I would, I would try to jog even as a kid, you know, doing sports, trying to do sports and stuff. And I would get to that point where, you know, you start, you start losing your breath and I'd start freaking out Hmm. and I couldn't run, I couldn't run or jog anymore because I was just that feeling. Well, it wasn't until, you know, taking more of the classes and learning more stuff about pain, I was jogging so I was trying to get in this better shape, and I realized why I was doing that. So I told myself I was jogging, that I'm safe, I'm fine, I'm safe, I'm fine, I can breathe. I can jog. You know, I've jogged up to 12 miles in one day. And, and to put that in perspective, when you were in the throes of this, really kind of at your worst, how far could you walk at that time? Um, I started walk, trying to walk every day, and um, there's a stop sign down from my house, and it's maybe a half a mile. I couldn't walk half a mile without stopping 15 times. 15 times. Whoa. And now you're 12 miles. You can, you can jog 12 miles. Yeah, in a day, yeah. <laughs> That's just amazing. It's just amazing. It is amazing. Um, you know, and there's there's other things. I stopped taking most of my medications, which I don't suggest everybody do that. Have your doctor help you. But um, I don't take medication anymore. I was on 16. 16 medications. Plus, yeah, 16 medications a day. And that's not counting, you know, some of them you take two pills. Some of them, you know, you 16 different medications a day plus the shots every three months, um, the 30 shots every three months. I don't do any of that anymore at all. Um, I changed my, I took my eating habits and changed them into my own program. And I just try to eat healthy, but I will eat pizza. Mm -hmm. I will eat a hamburger. I just don't do it all the time, you know, so I still enjoy life, but I watch what I eat, you know, do Um, things in moderation. I go to the gym. I can lift weights. 
I didn't have surgery on my shoulder. You know, I still have aches and pains like everybody does, but I know how to deal with them and I know how to figure out what they're about. Mm -hmm. You know, or say, thank you, mine, for telling me, you know, something's going on and I'll work on it. Um, I learned how to pace, which was really amazing um, because I, I have a habit of pushing too hard. And if you stop before you get into pain, you're a lot better off. So I run a tractor. Um, doesn't sound like that's hard work, but it actually is. And my teacher, Leanne, helped me figure out a way to pace myself. So I always have headphones in and music playing. So we set up my music to where it would play. And then when it hit a certain song, it, it would tell me it's time to shut the tractor off and take a break. Mm-hmm. So at first, I could do like an hour on the tractor, and then I'd, I'd really be feeling it. Now I'm up to, I can run the tractor half the day and not have any problems, not be in pain. You've, and you've worked, and worked lost, into that. I lost weight, which helped. I lost like 65 pounds. Um, just walking, eating right, and, and exercising. So <laughs> movements are big too. Let me let me just summarize this. And and again, I'm 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 just sort of kind of giggling here, because you you're doing so much that that is typically said there's nothing that you can do. You've you've gone with right. having persistent pain, basically whole body pain that started with headaches and went to everywhere. Uh, and you're on right. no medications and better. You lost 65 pounds through diet and exercise, which there's a there's this there there's a medicalization of um, weight in, in this country that's occurring where people are being told that if you're morbidly obese, that the diet and exercise really doesn't work well because nobody can do it. Um, I, I mean, it's just, and, and you did it through some, I'm not saying this was easy for you at all. Uh, no, was, it took me, it took me two. it'll be two years in February since I made a decision to change wow. my, my life. And that progress that you are making, um, you know, how, how was that? Was it like a straight line where every day was bigger or, or did it kind of come and go? Like where there's some hips and, or some valleys and some, in some hills. There were there. some ups and downs with it. Um, you know, there were some ups and downs, um, you know, cause having a trauma history, sometimes you got to figure some stuff out and you have some ups and downs. Um, but you know, I just kept trying to set little goals. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, I've done this, too, in trying to lose weight, um, make mistakes of trying to set, well, I'm going to lose. I never said I was going to lose the 65 pounds at first. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to lose five pounds. I lose five pounds, and I go, okay, I'm going to lose another five pounds. I took little goals to reach. Um, So I, I try to set little goals to this day for myself to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't really a social person because, you know, trauma history, being in pain, not feeling good. I set goals to go out and do stuff. I have been setting, it might sound funny, but there's a goal I set all the time right now where I go try a different restaurant to eat at. And I eat something I don't wouldn't normally eat to try new stuff get outside my comfort zone because the one thing i've also learned is learning all this stuff about pain helps you in other aspects of your life you can take the same principle with the pain that how you address it and you can put it in other parts of your life and it works 
Can you can you provide an example of that? I, I know you've kind of you've kind of provided some, but a little bit more clear for some people who may be struggling with. Well, how can how can what I learn about pain or these skills I'm learning? How can I apply them to other areas of my life? Nope, you cut out there. Oh, I was just saying. Can you provide just an example on that? Because there's some people, you know, there. I like to joke that the side effects of drugs, right? You take a drug for something, and there's headache, nausea, diarrhea, whatever. But the side effects about about learning about pain and applying what these 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 skill sets that you learn through Act Beyond Pain, uh, they expand to other areas of your life. So, I just, if you could uh, could you provide an example of one area in your life where those those skill sets that you use for pain have made a difference? Sure. Oh yeah, sure. So I like I said, was not a very social person because I had have a severe I have a long trauma history mm-hmm. um, and it's trauma from people. So. I wasn't very um, comfortable talking in groups. I wasn't very comfortable being out where there are people. Um, hated to go to Walmart um, because there's so many people there. Um, so I started applying the what I learned from the pain is, okay, whenever I get anxious, when my anxiety kicks in, it's trying to warn me of, of a past situation. So what I have to do is remember Okay, that's the past. I'm an adult. I'm safe. You know, so I couldn't go to Walmart by myself. I'd either I would take a person and I have a certified service dog. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go. Now I can go to Walmart by myself and feel totally fine because I learned to tell my brain, thank you for the information, but I'm an adult. I'm safe and there's there's nothing going to happen. You know, and it doesn't happen overnight. It mm-hmm. took it took a few times to work on it. But now I can go to Walmart and get what I need and it's not a huge it's not a huge issue. So on those on those difficult times, because again, you 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 paced yourself, you worked these into small small uh goals that you that, that were achievable but difficult. Um, mm-hmm. what did, so when you had a setback, what, how did that kind of thought process, what, what did you do there when you, when say you were maybe when you were first trying to go to Walmart on your own, like the, and, uh, even just going with your dog and if you had difficulty then what, how did you turn it around? So to turn what many people may use as a, as a roadblock where like, I can't do this to, I can do this. Maybe just not today. Um, well, I try to start with small goals. So I didn't start out with Walmart. Mm-hmm. I started out with a grocery store, uh, okay. something smaller, you know, and started working on going there first um, and going by myself. Uh, if I had a setback, you know, I would t- remind myself that I'm making progress because I, I am horrible about beating myself up. Mm-hmm. But I've learned in these classes, you have to not, I mean, you can't do that. It doesn't, it doesn't accomplish anything. So I would go back to basics. I would breathe. I would, you know, um, write stuff. I have a whiteboard, and I would write, okay, let's come up with a smaller goal. Maybe we're not ready to go to Walmart tomorrow by ourselves, but maybe we can um, go with my friend, and she can go on one side of the store, and I can go on the other for a little bit, Mm -hmm. see how that goes. You know, try try to re think of maybe I need to bring it back a little bit and make a smaller goal and not push so hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and small goals is the way, best way to do it. Cause I didn't decide, Oh, I'm just going to go to Walmart by myself tomorrow. Cause that would have not ended well. Um, 
I just did a little little bit at a time. Um, it's like when I started going to the gym. Um, first thing I decided to do was ask friends about gyms, see which ones are, are good. Um, go check them out with friends and, you know, see, see if one fits me or not. I picked a small gym. The second goal was, you know, to actually go to the gym, even if I just pulled in the parking lot and sat there for five minutes and left. Mm -hmm. You know, the next goal would, was to actually go in, you know, and then I found out that, that I went faster, you know, with the little goals. Because the first time I'm like, okay, even if I just sit in the parking lot for five minutes, I'm here. The next goal would be to go in. Well, I decided to go in. Then guess what? I actually worked out that day because the people were really awesome. So, but even if I would have only sat in the parking lot, I set a small goal that was accomplishable that was not pushing myself too hard. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So then I felt great. So I did, I did even more than I expected myself to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because with those small goals um, that that you, you can accomplish them and feel good rather than doing a huge stretch goal. And then if you come up short, we have a tendency, I, I'm probably a lot like you where I would just bend, you know, beat myself up over I didn't achieve it, not recognizing that, that you know, if, if you had set the goal of going in and working out, you wouldn't have been able to take to time to appreciate that, hey, I actually drove to the gym. Hey, I actually walked through the doors into the gym. Um, those, those smaller right. points would have gotten missed with a, having too large of a goal. Right. Right. Yeah. And small goals is like been the key, one big key for me. Another thing is if I have a bad thought, um, like I start beating myself up or something about not accomplishing something. So I have this, I like to make jokes. Um, so I have what they call a maneuver spreader that I pull behind the tractor and you put horse poop in it and you go out in the field and it spreads it out and it's flings it really far. Mm -hmm. So I just imagine that in that manure spreader and watching it fly. But and then it's pretty funny, <laughs> you know. It's pretty funny. It, it makes it funny instead of, you know, beating yourself up. Yeah, I think we all we all need a manure spreader where we can put our bad thoughts and squirt them out. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because think about it. It makes it funny then. It's that bad thoughts just flying. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I was just, I was just thinking here um, – as you know, as we kind of gone through this. We started off on a conversation about pain, and yet what we're what we're talking about now is just is just really how you're how you're living a better life. You know, it's right. you know we're not. It's just it's just amazing what you're doing, and um, it, it's just I, I know what can you what is your, can you provide some perspective again on where you are now as compared to where were you? How how has your life just transformed or has it transformed? It has. It's uh, transformed amazingly. Um, you know, I was so sick where I would be in bed for days um, where I couldn't get out and do anything. Um, now I get up I go to the gym about four days a week. Um, I take care of my animals. I've been able to help more, um, more animals because I'm able to be, you know, active. Um, I started uh, two programs for the rescue. Um, one's a developmentally disabled program and one's a PTSD program and chronic pain where people can come out to my barn uh, twice a month and spend time with the horses and the dogs, um, which is amazing. That, that's a really cool thing. Um, I'm able to do that now. Um, 
I'm able to go have dinner with my friends. I'm I'm not sick. I haven't been sick hardly at all in the last six months at all, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing because I used to be sick for months at a time and just not being able to do anything. Um, I my life's just totally totally different. It's it's so much better. It's um, happier. I'm able to help people. I'm able to do the things I want to do, and my, um, you know, pain and my illnesses don't stop me. I just keep going. It's amazing. Now, and and, and so to to kind of wrap up, I really appreciate the time that you spent with us today. Um, how many of your doctors are you still seeing? I mean, you saw a rheumatologist, a gastroenterologist, a, a neurologist, or someone in pain. I mean, how many of those yeah. people are you seeing still? I see my I see my regular primary care physician, um, the rheumatologist. I did go back and see him. Told him what I was doing. He said it was absolutely amazing. Just keep doing what I'm doing, and I didn't need to go back up to see him un- unless something changed. Mm-hmm. And then everybody else, I just, you know, said, "Well, I don't need your help anymore." Um, so I just see my my regular doctor, and that's not very often anymore. And for the rheumatologists, they're the ones that diagnosed you with fibromyalgia. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Right. And, and I and I think that's right. important because the, the the typical verbiage on fibromyalgia is we don't know what it is, what it causes it, but we're but we know it's incurable, and we're going to tell you that. And um, right. <laughs> and I haven't had any fibromyalgia pain um, in probably the last year. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I don't have any flare-ups. I don't have any um, the. Places where it used to hurt um, don't hurt anymore. Um, yet I don't think I have it anymore, which yeah. I don't know if that's possible, but I don't think I have it anymore. Well, I'll, I'll, I, I'll, I'm, this may not be in line with what with people say out there, but I'm like, if you're not experiencing it and you don't have the pain, um, mm-hmm. then I would kind of consider that you don't really have fibromyalgia anymore right it's like right that's yeah. kind of what i thought <laughs> it doesn't it in uh and in, in just keep doing what you're doing so it doesn't yeah you know, it just it's just upsetting to me as a clinician that we have something that will tell people that you can't get better from and um right. having spoken to you and spoken now to a number of different people who have been diagnosed with with again a, with supposedly a, an incurable condition something that will never go away and it's in either complete remission, so it's not even relevant at all. It's not, you know, up in their life. I just think that's right. a, kind of a disservice to people. So, yeah, I agree. Now, I and, wish somebody would have told me you have this, but here's what we can do about it, and let's work on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. But that would have been. Yeah. Well, we'll 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 get there, Cindy. We'll 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 get there. We'll, we'll the world is starting to change a little bit now. Um, yep. Could you so uh, again? I I apologize for for taking so much of your time, but I do think this is also really important. Is is your animal rescue? And can you just provide a little bit more detail in the animal rescue? Again. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. So that the, just provide some more details on the, your animal rescue program, on how that started. Mm-hmm. And then you did talk about your the the two additional programs that you have have created in that's in part of that where it comes to PTSD and pain. Can you explain a little bit about those details for other people? Because I it's it's sure. really beautiful. Sure. Yeah. Um. It's a nonprofit five hundred one c three. So we survive off donations, grants, um, uh, things like that. Nobody gets paid. I don't get paid. We don't have any paid staff. Everything goes to the animals. Uh, we have um, 20 rescue horses 
here that have been, you know, neglected, abused, um, all kinds of things. And I have 27 dogs. 15 of them are hospice, which means their life as comfortable as possible. They live in a house environment. They're not in kennels. And the other dogs are dogs with some issues that we're trying to help work through to get them adopted. Um, the programs that I started are for anybody with um, a developmentally disabled um, ability at all, um, for anybody that has PTSD, anxiety, chronic pain. And what we do is we open up the barn uh, twice a month. It's the last two Saturdays of every month, except for December. And we allow them to come in. They get to spend time with the horses, um, give them treats, brush them, walk them around. Um, we don't we don't let people ride the horses because the horses understand because they've been through it too. So several of them have PTSD, and some of them have um, chronic uh, problems. So they they interact with the people is so amazing. You know they they used to not want to be touched. They see these people come in the barn, and they're loving on them. It's amazing. And I've heard several people say it's helped them. You know, horses are very relaxing. Um, you know, help them want to move around. I have some gals that have chronic pain, and coming out and grooming the horses is one of their goals of exercise, hmm. which is which is amazing. That's amazing. And that's and that's Lynn, Lynn County Animal Rescue. Or no, Lynn, yes. Lynn County Animal Rescue. And um, it, do you have a website or something that people can go if they want to learn more yep. information? And if they live in the yeah, Willamette Valley, a, maybe they can attend. Yep, so. we have a website. We have a Facebook page, um, phone number that you can call. Um, you don't have to be um, diagnosed by a doctor or anything, and you don't have to have a doctor's note. You just need to, you know, get a hold of us, come out. Um, the programs run from uh, 1 to 3 um, in the afternoon on the last two Saturdays of the month, except for um, December. Okay. And then the website is LynnCountyAnimalRescue.com, or? Um, it is L-C-A-R, which is Lynn County Animal Rescue, all the first letters, um, L-C-A-R-Horse.org. Uh, or you can put in Lynn County Animal Rescue, and it'll if you Google that, it'll pull it up. All right. And I will also put those in the show notes, folks. So if you go to straightshothealth.com, you'll, you'll have access there. So, yeah. Well, Cindy, thank cool. you so and much for talking today. On Facebook too. Oh, and Facebook. Yeah, we'll put the Facebook link and everything. So, but awesome. uh, thank you so much for talking with us today. And uh, do you have any any final words of wisdom for someone out there who may be hearing this and, and struggling, or maybe they're not struggling, but uh, anything that you want to let people know out there? That you can do it. If I can do it, I'm not like a, a miracle or anything. If I can do it, anybody can do it. You yeah. know, just. Find something that you want to you want to do it for, and just go for it. And anybody anybody can do it. Yeah. So I I you know thank you so much. You have a, a an amazing story. Um, again, people, I'll put the 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 links to Lynn County, Lynn County Animal Rescue in the show notes here. Um, thank you again, Cindy, for coming and talking to, to us. And for everybody else out there, stay well. <laughs>